I'm Chad. And I'm Cheese. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Our podcast covers news, startups, AI, automation, programmatic, and all the things the kids are excited about. (laughs) And then we drown it with a healthy dose of snark, attitude, and four-letter words. Subscribe to the Chad and Cheese Podcast today, wherever you listen to your podcasts. How is it that the podcast, known for its unrelenting, merciless, incessant monologuing, has two interviews in a row? (laughs) What happened here? Uh, I'll tell you what happened here. I made some changes in life, and I'm doing some things in the back end you don't need to worry about. It's not a big deal. But I realized that I needed, this was a good window in which I could have these two conversations with two people I trust. You've already heard the Chiru Malhotra one last week. This week... It is the other person on my bucket list of people who I know and respect and adore who I just don't get the chance to talk to nearly as much as I'd like to. And frankly, they're so good at this job that I want to bring that conversation to you. So today, I am going to be joined by Holland McHugh, who is of Delta. I don't want to say that she runs the employer brand. I think she's definitely on the team. She might run the employer brand. I don't want to get into details, but... You know, as we'll find out as we talk about, their employer brand is so deeply integrated into the rest of the corporate brand, the marketing brand, the consumer brand, the investment investor brand. It's all together. And I always, you know, you've heard me talk about my two favorite employer brands, at least the ones I look to for just so out there and trying just to push the boundaries are Spotify for their creative genius, but also for Delta for being so deeply integrated. And so this is the conversation in which we just kind of knock it out. Uh, you know, like Holland and I have known each other for a couple of years. We've been on the same board together. You know, we've had the chance to show each other some work. So I'm, I'm thrilled that this is, uh, this is something for you. Welcome to the TalentCast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. And I've been doing employer brand for years now, and I absolutely love the industry. I love how it's growing, I love how it's changing, and I've tried to do my part to elevate the concept, to get everybody to understand the power employer brand can have in hiring, attracting, and retaining talent. So we try to really focus on driving home the idea that this is a calling and a craft. It's a lot of getting your hands dirty, but it's also a lot of big strategic thinking. And that's where we kind of live, that kind of uh, Venn diagram, the intersection between those the big ideas and the getting the details right. So we talk a lot about employer brand and how to do it right and how to think about it and how to look at your problems in a whole new way. Ready to rock? One, two, three, let's go. Hey, everybody. James Ellis recording live from Chicago, as we do every week, uh, roughly. They're in. Uh, we've got Holland coming up in just a second, but the housekeeping is as follows. Two simple things. I've got a newsletter. You know about it by now, but for some reason, you haven't subscribed. What's up with that? It's free. Every Monday morning, you get this letter from me, and I say, hey, here's some things, and I point to a bunch of articles online or big ideas and small ideas and tactics and tips for the week and all that other stuff, and it lands in your inbox, and you have to do almost nothing to get it. All you got to do, employerbrand.news. That's right, employerbrand.news. It's it's actually a URL. Yes, it's employerbrand.news. Just go sign up, go do the thing. Second, the book. You've bought it. That's fantastic. Review it. You haven't bought it? What? Go buy it. That's what you do. bit.ly slash talent chooses you. There you go. And with that, you know what? Let's just jump to Holland. Hey, Holland, here we go. Interviewing is not my strong suit. It never has been, but I am surrounded by such amazing people and such amazing, skilled employer brand professionals that frankly, I guess I'm just gonna have to get better at this. So last week we talked to Chiru, uh, who was fantastic. This week, as kind of a bookend to that sort of process, we have Holland McHugh of Delta, who is 
amazing. And Holland and I have been friends for coming on two years now. We were both on the Talent Branded Alliance board. Um, we've connected a lot. I am such a huge fan of how she does it. I've, I'm sure I've said on this podcast, if not other places, that my two favorite employer brands, or at least the ones I like to look at as, oh, that's amazing work, is Spotify for its super crazy creative, but also for Delta because of how well and how deeply integrated that it never feels like, hey, look at my brand. It feels like, hey, look at this is who we are. And so I'm super thrilled to have Holland here. We don't you know, you know my interview style is pretty lackadaisical and loosey-goosey, so um, let's just start with this. Holland, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, James. And to, to that end, your audience should know that I don't do interviews, so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so turn, turn, turn the podcast off now, we're done. This is going to be a train wreck and it's gonna be delightful. No, it, it's gonna be great. You know, uh, James, it, it's been a delight knowing you and getting to know you over the last couple of years. And I, I appreciate you thinking of me and, and really excited to have this conversation today. All right, and I will cut you a check for saying such nice things to me just a little bit later on. Uh, the first question I have is, when did you first become aware of employer brand? I don't know of anybody mm. who went to school for it. You know, you no one puts on their high school transcript, one day I'm gonna be an employer brand professional. You end up tripping into it, and some of us trip into it via marketing, and some of us trip in via comms or recruiting or what have you, but when did mm -hmm. you first look at it and say, oh, I, I, oh, that's interesting. I wanted to. I want to talk more about that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is a really interesting question given just the times that we're living in—a pandemic, a, a recession, uh, kind of brewing. Mm. Um, but I came out of school in the the last recession, so the Great Recession, and mm. worked retail. Uh, like many, I wasn't able to find a job. But when I finally did land, I landed at a. Uh, RPO firm in the Atlanta area focused on growth companies and, and our uh, real lead gen platform there was, you know, partnering with uh, human capital and technology vendors, uh, really talking about, um, one, their solutions and two, kind of problems that they solve. But the, the buzzword around that time period, this is 2010, 2011, was social recruiting. Um, and mm, while employer yeah. brand and employer branding, whichever you know version you, you choose to use, um, has been around for some time, you know I think it, it started to really gain steam um, in the social recruiting concept. Recruiters were starting mm. to leverage content and social to really tell uh, their employer story. You know, companies were creating solutions that enabled um, that to happen at scale. And, you know, I, I really got a first hand or kind of driver's seat ride to learning about these concepts by putting on webinars, writing blogs and, and white papers for uh, some of these companies that we were partnering with. Yeah, learn um, by doing. Yeah, learn, learn by doing. And then, you know, a couple years into doing that. So really more from, I, I'm a marketer by trade in, in B2B for, you know, recruitment solutions. I uh, got the opportunity to, to cross over into the corporate world mm -hmm. and, and become uh, an employer brand practitioner. So it was kind of a, you know, you write about it, you talk about it, but can you do it? Uh, opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that completely, yeah. So, uh, and I think my favorite fight in employer branding, and I don't know if this is a, a valid fight or a necessary fight, but it's kind of a fun litmus test. It's a good way to kind of get balls rolling, is that is, where do you think employer brand should live? Or maybe more accurately, where would you prefer it when you do your work? Where do you think you want employer brand to live? 
Mm, this is this is a, a good one. Um, you know, I think I fall in the camp of it sitting within HR, um, and that could be just you know by the sheer fact that I've you know spent my career in HR and have you know really been able to work across the aisle, so to speak, with mm-hmm. with individuals and in comms and marketing. Um, so I think in terms of just attention and care and understanding, it often behooves practitioners to sit in the HR space, uh, especially if those functions or those departments have employee engagement or talent management, you know, a lot of the levers that are often rolled up into an EVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say through the pandemic and, and even a little bit in advance of the pandemic, you've seen a lot more marketing and communications teams and, and outlets that, um, you know, those, those professionals consume talking about the concept, mm-hmm. which has been interesting. So I think it's been framed more in their communities as this new and emerging yeah. form of brand and marketing. Um, <laughs> but you know, we invented 10, I, 20 years ago and have been using every <laughs> single day. Well, amazing. I, exactly. So, you know, my, I think my position, I, I'm going to keep a beat on that. Um, and my position may evolve. I think if I, I think it's a positive thing, even if they think it's you know they invented it, which is fine. Let them have that win if that means it's going to get more attention yeah. and more budget and really mm-hmm. be you know become a strategic pillar um, in more in more organizations. So yeah. you know, but right now I'm I'm Camp HR. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'm I'm noticing in articles, especially in marketing and HR, how many people are describing a problem and then solving a problem with employer mm. brand and like bending over backwards to not use the phrase employer brand. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they want the value of it, but God forbid they ever say the words that, you know, where the employer brander shows up. Like if you say mm. employer brand three times in a mirror, you know, you or I show up <laughs> and say, ah, oh, now that's employer brand. We can fix that. And everybody's just doing, you know, cartwheels mm-hmm. to avoid having to say that phrase, which it's, it, it's honestly, it's interesting because it means, okay, mm-hmm. the business gets it. The business yeah. understands the value and they want the same things we want to provide. Yeah. The trick is so many businesses who didn't get it, get it. They've figured out ways to squeeze employer brands smaller and smaller and smaller, realizing it's, you know, oh, it's more than just filling the top of a funnel and we want all these things. We're like, yes, you had that, but you decided to squeeze it down to make it safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think some of that too in, um, not to talk negatively about some of my employer brand brethren, um, and James, I'm sure you, you've noticed this trend. Mm. I think employer brand practitioners, you know, we've had to fight, um, for oh, lack yeah. of a better word, for just you know attention or understanding of, of who we are and, mm. and what value we drive. Yeah. Um, I think there may, and I think a lot of practitioners are territorial as a result. Well, that's my life at channel or that's Uh, my life at content. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I think other functions, I think it could be twofold. One, they just don't know what to call it because they're, you know, it's a nascent concept to them. Mm -hmm, Or mm -hmm. two, you know, they, they don't want to, you know, have this person, you know, knocking at their door and saying, well, I need to own that. Yeah. Um, when very well, it, it should be a partnership. It should be co-owned across mm-hmm. the organization. Yeah. And and you are the, if not the poster child, but then certainly Delta is the poster child for my book of brands that are super well integrated where, 
you know, and you have that level of maturity to say, I don't have to put my arms around this life at whatever and protect it from outside because otherwise I won't be able to justify justify my existence to say, look, I'm going to take a look at the same brand you're taking a look at, but I'm going to talk about staff or employee, Uh you know, candidates or what have you. You feel free to look at it to talk to, you know, potential customers or investors Uh or what have you. So to me, you know, that, that maturity of brand to say it's not just here's your piece, here's your piece and never the twain shall talk, but how do you come together so you can say as, you know, Holland, you build the employer side of the brand, how does that impact and support and drive what marketing can do? And that's where the mm-hmm. real value comes in. But you're right, you know, if you're territorial because it's really hard for you to justify your job and it's really hard mm-hmm. for you to explain your job, yeah, you're, you're, I guess that's true. You are going to focus on the very obvious concrete tangible things you're doing and the first thing you're doing is filling the top of the funnel the question Mm -hmm. is how do you keep that conversation going where it doesn't stop at okay funnel got it check Mm -hmm. exactly exactly so you this is not your first rodeo you've done this a bit you've worked at some other companies we don't have to bring up any names we don't want to so let me ask this would you prefer to build a brand from scratch or kind of invent or discover or reveal or however, you know, whatever mm. verb you want to attach to that. Would you rather kind of launch it or would you rather take something that's already been launched and figure out how to work it, manage it, support it, grow it, evolve it, et cetera, et cetera. Where do you stand in that? Because I, I find that people lean one way or the other pretty distinctly. They like to identify it and find it and kind of give it a big ta-da. And some people want to take what's been established and say, how do I squeeze all, all the lemon, all the juice out of that lemon? Oh, that's a great question. So I would say in in the um, couple of organizations that I've had the opportunity to be a practitioner in, I've definitely been more on the build side of the camp, one more Mm -hmm. so than the other. And so, you know, prior to Delta, I was at a a really fantastic company um, in Atlanta called Cox Enterprises. They're an umbrella organization for a number of um, brands start up through enterprise mm-hmm. and that truly was a ground up build um, there was no kind of centralized or consistent way of speaking about the just depth of opportunity across that organization there was mm-hmm. there was no definition around you know core EVP you know business specific EVPs that, that existed and so it, it was a pretty awesome um, kind of roll up your sleeves, get in there and make it come to life experience. Um, I will say after that, you know, it takes work. It's a lot of stakeholder coordination and buy-in and, you know, singing for your supper to get, you know, the business case for the budget uh, to execute and you make concessions and you celebrate those little wins along Mm. the way. but it, it took a good, you know, three and a half, four years to, to really get to a place where we were all operating in tandem and we had a good rhythm. And, and by we, I mean my partners in comms and marketing and HR and just, you know, making sure that we were all pulling the right levers and, and um, working together. And I left the organization around that time period yeah. and another practitioner came in and has done amazing things mm-hmm. um, with that foundation. It's been really um, awesome to watch. He's a super talented practitioner. Um, but I, I have to say I was a little envious uh, in, in <laughs> retrospect. So I was like, damn, I've had some like late tear-filled nights like yeah. birthing this thing and, and yeah. you're coming in and, and you're getting to... Um, 
100% elevated, you know, has done a, a phenomenal job. And I, again, you know, really admire the work there. Um, but I didn't really get to, I think, reap the fruits of that labor yeah, in full. Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, um, because it is so exhausting to, to lay that foundation, I think my next one I would like to inherit and, and, and you know, um, expand, I, yeah. I think would be where I'd want to go next. And Delta has kind of given me a hybrid of that opportunity, you know, phenomenal organization, you know, relatively integrated brand from a marketing communication standpoint. And, mm -hmm. and I came and helped hold up kind of that third pillar of the triangle in terms of, you know, bringing HR and, and talent attraction um, into the picture. Yeah. So if you're looking at brands, and I, I, I know you look at a lot of not just competing brands, but just, you know, you, you are very considerate of your work, and so you look at what other people are doing. What do you, what's the first thing you look at or look for when you're considering or evaluating another employer brand? Oh, so for me, I think I really evaluate integration. Mm. Um, you know, this is another kind of hot topic, I think, in our space around, you know, siloed channels like talent or career specific channels yeah. and, um, you know, achieving an, an integrated experiences. So for me, I'm really curious to see how um, organizations are, are integrating that story is, is talent, um, in, in comms, you know, wherever wherever the employer brand may sit, are they going down one path where marketing is going down another? Is, mm. is there a similar aesthetic tonality uh, representation of the employee across um, those different channels or touch points or experiences? Yeah. Um, so for me, integration, I think, is, is really first and foremost. And yeah. if, if, if I see a brand who's integrating, you know, that's someone I want in my network and I want to pick their brain and, and how they've done that. <laughs> And that's the thing about integration work. It seems so, you know, unsexy, right? There's no one mm -hmm. looks at it and goes, wow, that's a really well integrated brand, except other people who have done it before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I spent my life, you know, working in industries where everybody else in the room seemed to think they could do my job better. If I was a web designer, everybody thought they could be a better designer. If I was a, mm -hmm. a brand builder, everybody else thought they could come up with a better, crazier tagline. And so everybody mm -hmm. always thinks that they know better, but no one kind of says, you know, looks at integration, says, "There's the fun stuff. Let's stick the the tagline on that." Deeply mm -hmm. integrated brand. So, um, yeah. And so, I mean, which means you're only going to get a handful of people who speak the same language and feel the same pain you do when you mm -hmm. are bringing a deeply integrated brand out to the world and and, mm -hmm. and supporting it and developing it. It is, you know. I, a long time ago, I worked a nonprofit, and so we mm -hmm. did, you know, capital campaigns and, and fundraisers. And they, this was for the University of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and they said it's very easy to get someone to drop thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollars for a building they can slap their name on, but no one wants to drop hundred thousand dollars for the plumbing, mm -hmm. even though without the plumbing, the building might as well not be there. And so that's the stuff that matters that we don't get a chance to say, look how cool this is, because only other plumbers go. That's a nice pipe. And that was a weird thing I just said to another <laughs> human being, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, very eloquent analogy, um, but I, I agree with you. I, I do think um, other integrators, real recognize real James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any, so can you, would you be willing to name any brands about who you like to see and who would be good? Because right now I, I do yeah. reference Delta as kind of like my favorite mm -hmm. one who does that. So who do you look to for, for inspiration and good work like that? 
Yeah, um, you know, in the handful of interviews that I have done, um, I, I certainly always drop this one. I, I'm a self-proclaimed Marriott fangirl. Mm. Um, you know, I, I follow the work that Susan did uh, really early, Susan Lamont did mm. really early on when she was at Marriott, and then, um, you know, that baton passed to Jessica Lee. Um, yeah. That's a brand that I, I hold in really um, high regard, and, and I do think service-oriented brands like Delta's, like Marriott's, I, I, I think we do have an unfair advantage or, or leg yeah. up in the integration space because our, our people, people and I hate I, I hate saying our people are our products it, it, I feel like it's a little transactional but okay. you know we are our, our service is our product our service is our differentiator it's what makes people mm. select our brands and so you know telling the stories of the people behind the product or the brand, you know, is is going to make customers want to continue to, you know, seek out those experiences. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Marriott is one that I've always held on a really high pedestal. They also just have gorgeous, gorgeous creative. Yes, they um, do. <laughs> just, just elegantly done and. Um, but human, it, it's polished, but authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have that. Somebody wrote a really, really long article about how every Airbnb and Starbucks are all starting to look the same, and they call it the Brooklyn mm-hmm. aesthetic, where it's a little mm-hmm. rough. And it's the and like you, the second you see it, you're like, ah, oh, it's that thing. And where yes. you, you look at a Hyatt, and you're like, it's not quite that. It's its own thing, and you don't realize mm-hmm. that there is a a, th- a creative through line connecting dots that shouldn't seem connected, and yet once you see the big picture, you're like, oh yeah, this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's definitely Marriott. That's that's what that is. Yeah, that's Even really their, hard to do. Their through line around like localization, I think, is also really impressive. Mm. Um, you know, they do a, a really great job of, of diversifying their creative based on the market in which they're in. But there is that same through line across their core brand and and you know the brands within their portfolio as yeah. well. Um, even in those you know respective geographies. Yeah, that's true. Um, so if we assume that employer brand is pretty big, and I think between the two of us, we can call that a yes, um, how do you know it's working, right? It's very mm. easy to look at a given tactic and say, is our Facebook, if, is that Facebook post working? Well, there's some very clear metrics around clicks and engagements and all that other stuff. But when we think about the broader employer brand strategy, what is the thing you look at to say, even if it's not the most telling KPI that says, ah, yes, we did it, it's more of a, it gives me more of the faith that we're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think if you look at employer brand across the employee continuum, mm. um, I think is it working, it is going to look different to each group who has kind of ownership around that piece of the puzzle. So, you know, your employee engagement lever are your, are your scores um, not necessarily increasing? I don't think it's a direct output, but are mm-hmm. they evolving in, Ooh. you know, a positive direction or, you know, are um, written, uh, written responses, you know, laddering up to your EVP or, you know, this experience that you're trying to create within your, your organization? Is it living true to you know, your values, however, however you like, whatever your recipe is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I sit within a talent acquisition team. And so we do have funnel responsibility. And so for me, I think I'm really intrigued around throughput of, of talent. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, what is the timeline to do that? Do we have a quicker 
speed to market to get people into the funnel and, and through the funnel um, because they're informed and engaged um, from the work that we've kind of preset in the marketplace. Yeah. Is speed still an issue for you? Or is, is, do you still see that? Like, I felt like four mm. years ago, it was, it was the speed kills kind of ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Everybody talked about speed. Do you still think about speed in the same way that you did a couple years ago? Do you concern yourself with it? And this isn't a, a Delta-specific mm-hmm. question. It's more of a Holland question. Mm-hmm. Is speed still a, a key kind of KPI we should be focusing on? You know, I think it's going to be organization specific and then even, you know, sub organization specific within that, you know, I think an element of speed until workforce planning as really to the degree it needs to be across every organization. I think speed is always going to be a factor. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to have um, drop off or slowed productivity if you have gaps of talent in your business. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just a fact. Um, for for us, or or just you know my opinion in general, rather, I think there is more of an acceptance to take the time to find the right person um, mm-hmm. for those those key roles, and so I think they're going to be an element of speed. But I, I do think that people, and, and myself included, are more accepting to finding the right person. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to, um, cause I have a couple of these, like I call them LinkedIn bullet wounds. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one to like knock someone for, you know, having, you know, collected multiple experiences yeah. and, um, you know, really, you know, kind of figured out where they want to go in their career. But I, there, there is an element of, you know, having some longevity at an organization. I mean, it just, it takes time to, learn the org, learn the players, learn your role. I mean, that takes a good year. Yeah. Um, and then to make an impact, you know, I do think takes another 12 to 18 months. Um, so if you're changing jobs every year to a year and a half, I think it's really hard to make a, a lasting impact or, you know, garner the knowledge to make a, a complete um, decision. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, I, I do think slowing down, pausing, and evaluating people um, who, who are going to be there not only to solve the problem that you're trying to solve, but also stick around and, and help push through kind of the next challenge, I think is really important. And, and slowing down often allows you to evaluate um, someone's propensity to stay and, and work through that. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think, you know, the speed's on both sides that everybody wants mm-hmm. talent now, but anybody you can get now is probably not worth getting. You know, mm-hmm. I, think, I think hiring managers understand that on some <laughs> level, even if you have to spell it out a little more clearly. Yep. And then on our side, you're right. It is, you know, I always refer to employer brand as a kind of corporate therapy. And so if you went into three sessions with your therapist and went, I'm all good, that would be as about as effective as an employer brand that you made in two months. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is so much deeper than that. And then, of course, knowing you have these patterns and communicating you have these patterns is not the same as living them and showing them and proving them day after day. And mm-hmm. for my money, I think... You know, if you look at the, the graphs that show the number of people who put employer brand in their title and the number of companies mm-hmm. who say employer brand is is important, we are getting more mature about this. It's less mm-hmm. about taglines and glass door scores, but you know, and that's always gonna be a lingering factor, but it is about thinking big and being more strategic and having the the leeway to make lasting change and meaningful change. Mm-hmm. And that isn't a stopgap. It isn't a, ca- a project or a checkbox that you say, okay, we did it, made a mm-hmm. hashtag, cool, write it down. And <laughs> next consultant, please. You know, that, that's, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. 
so in a world where you're really well integrated, you know, my and, and this is a, a James thing more than anything else. I am a more agile person. I'm terrified of being stuck in a mud. I am scared of being in a position where everybody else gets a say and I don't feel like I have a say in something I'm working on. To me, the concept of an employer brand is a little scary. It is a little daunting to say, I'm gonna put my, you know, and let's be fair, it's a child. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna co-parent with these strangers, these people who don't have the same KPIs <laughs> as I do and they don't have the same kind of perspectives on the world and oh my God, I'm still having this quality versus quantity conversation again, I can't believe it. It's terrifying to me to think about in integrated, but at the same time, I can see the power of making it happen. So having done this once or twice, what do you do when you start to feel like you're getting stuck? And it can mm. be a integration issue, it can be a personal, you know, how do I solve this challenge thing? But you know, what does Holland do when Holland's like, okay, I hit the wall, what do I do now? Yeah, I ask for help. Um, I, I grew up in a family of five kids, and Ooh. so, um, and a blended family like yours, mine, and our situation. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Um, but as a result, there was always kind of this ecosystem of, you know, leaning on one another to either conspire uh, or get something done. Yeah, because um, you're a traveling basketball team at this point. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but as a result, you know, I, I think that's, um, you know, groomed me to not be afraid to lean on others and, mm. and ask for help when I hit a wall. Um, I also think it's about just having dialogue. You know, all too often, I think, um, you know, it's, it's easy to only ask for help when there's a problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, making sure that you have regular check-ins and you're, you're building rapport, um, along the way, you know, in, in priming that well, it, it makes it easier to go to your partners and, and have a conversation when you're not seeing it eye to eye, or maybe you're misaligned or you need your initiative to go out in front of theirs just based on, you know, mm -hmm. pressure, um, based on what you're executing or, or needing to deliver at a given time. Um, and then, you know, I also like to, help me understand like your perspective as well. So if we're hitting yeah. a wall and I'm the one who's causing that wall, um, cause I'm maybe using nomenclature you're not familiar with, yeah. or, you know, I'm using some HR speak that, that doesn't make sense. And you're used to speaking in marketing speak, like, let's just break this down. Like what's lowest common denominator? Like, yeah. what are we trying to solve? Help me see your side of the table. For me, it's all about just dialogue and discussion and, and putting that guard down and just yeah. being open, um, to what they have to say. What do you look for when you're trying to spark an idea? What, how, you know, do you have any kind of tricks that anybody else might say, oh, that's like, you know, the take a walk trick, the go mm. get some exercise trick. What do you do when you're like, I, this is important and I, and I, I, for some reason I have an extra 20 minutes to think about this instead of the usual, uh, the answer is seven, quick, put it out there, the way we usually end up having to work. Uh, what do you do to kind of, to keep the, the good, the good vibes and the good ideas coming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think creatives and I, I think employer brand practitioners are our own version of creatives. Creatives need mm -hmm. other creative outlets. Yeah. Um, you can't um, hone your craft by constantly doing your craft. It is my perspective. Maybe some people can. They subscribe to the you know ten thousand hours mantra, which yeah. I, you know I, I think is a factor. Yeah. But for me, I need to go out and I need to move and I need to just get into another creative environment to you know clear my mind and, and get those synapses going. And for me, it's dance. You know, mm. I'll take. Um, I really love to. At the end of the day, this is so like cheesy, but a little window into my work world. Um, I, I keep um, 
for lack of a better descriptor, like a work journal uh, of, you know, huh. what happened this day? What what challenges did, did I come across? You know, what did I, where could I have improved my reaction to something? Oh, wow. um, <laughs> uh, and oftentimes, like, I'll look at, you know, kind of what what's ahead the next day or, or what's coming down the next couple of days or, you know, a task that maybe... Or, Task or like challenge that was assigned, you know, through some meeting. Um, but I'll read that before I go home, and then mm. I just kind of sit with it. Uh, but for me, scheduling a dance class, getting my mind and body moving in a different way, often you know declutters and lets me have kind of those those shower thoughts or moments of inspiration yeah. later. So, do how do you use the journal? Is that to uh, look for patterns? Is it there to help you manage emotional responses? Is it there to help you um, kind of time travel to what happened six months ago, six years ago? Yeah. How do you yeah. use it? Yeah, it's a kind of a combination of both. Um, so, you know, we work in, I mean, I work today in, in, in a um, really high pressure, you know, operationally driven organization. Um, mm -hmm. And so you got to be quick, you got to be on your feet, you got to mm -hmm. move. And I'm definitely one where, and I think everyone is too, when you have a lot of demands and pressures and, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to get done and only a couple people to get the work done. Um, it's easy to, you know, turn in a, I, I hate turning in like an 80% baked product, but I understand the concept of shift, shift. Mm -hmm. You just, you just got to get it out there. Yeah. And so for me, it's, um, about identifying opportunities or, or, um, um, looking for patterns and kind of those seeds, like could I have, you know, connected these dots earlier and just, uh, proactively understood that this ask was was building and coming down the pike, mm. uh, and then for me there is an element of you know how did I respond since I work across so many different stakeholder groups. Um, you know, if I went into a meeting with one objective and it, things got sideways, it, it, you know, a learning opportunity to, you know, evaluate why, um, how can I better connect on this person's level or, you know, their learning style moving forward. So I'm, I'm very big into like when I write something down, it's, it's how I just register and process information. And so for me, it just helps me kind of put a book, a bookend, mm -hmm. um, on, on what I experienced that day. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you read <laughs> listen to the Tim Ferriss's and the, mm. you know, all mm -hmm. these people in the world, you know, again, grain of salt, uh, they have some good and some bad, but mm -hmm. the journaling stuff has been super top of mind for a couple of years. So I think it's interesting to hear that. And that, let's remember our job is so messy and weird. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not even just a, you don't know what the day is going to bring you or the every day is different. It's, you don't even always realize the, the silo you're playing in any given day mm -hmm. or all whole new set of players that you have to make happy or at least kind of consider mm -hmm. when you're doing this. Yeah, you know, it could that, be a lonely job. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and to me, yeah. that, I think that's why, I, I, maybe you had a similar response, but I know when the first time we hit the Talent Brand Summit, I had this feeling of, okay, good. These are my people, and there are other mm -hmm. people who are as as insane and as weird, maybe not as weird, but certainly as insane, as insane <laughs> as I am doing this crazy job in which I have responsibility over a brand that everybody can impact, but I have zero control over. How do I mm -hmm. you know, navigate you know, the plane when I'm in row 37F and mm -hmm. and all I can do is kind of shout encouraging instructions and hey, by the way, what about this? That it, it's, it's a very weird job. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fascinated by how everybody kind of manages it and struggles with it and, man and wrestles with it and copes with it. And, I, and journaling, I hadn't considered that. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Last question. What okay. is your work superpower? What is Ooh. the thing that makes Holland so good at what Holland does? And not necessarily a, no one else does it as better, you know, as well as you, but more of a here's the thing when you bring it to bear, you know it's a good go-to for you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm really good about looking around the corner. Mm. Um, and, and maybe it is um, so maybe it is a habit you know built from journaling or um, just just being able to to connect the dots. Um, I'm really good around you know picking up organizational cues or shifts mm. um, and and pulling together you know current events or um, you know financial data that's happening in the business or you know common themes that I'm experiencing from my stakeholders and just you know picking up and connecting those patterns and mm. figuring out where the business is going next or you know where we're evolving to as a brand um, so I, I definitely think looking around the corner and kind of keeping a pulse on on what's coming next versus getting mired down in the now mm. um, would be one of my superpowers. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a good one. And pattern recognition kind of pairing mm-hmm. up with that. Absolutely. Totally true. That, that's a, a good one. Um, yeah. I and mean, I think if you're, if you I think your employer brand is something that you cast into stone or metal and it's, it's good mm-hmm. for years and years and years, you don't have to worry about what's behind the next corner. You can say, I'm standing on a foundation that's secure. Mm-hmm. And while employer brands shouldn't be like fashion and change every six weeks, at the same time, it might be the same, but how you apply it and how people perceive it and how people mm-hmm. wrestle with it and consider it, that changes, you know, daily, if not more, you know, even faster. So I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good thought to say, how do you spend mm-hmm. time thinking about what's coming down the pipe that, you know, is going to impact you, the macro trend, the, the mm-hmm. big idea. What are, so if, if you're looking around the, 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 the corner, what are some sources of information or data that you look at, um, you know, that, that help you feel like you're a little more seeing a little farther down that corner? Hmm. So within my organization, you know, I'm really keen to read and, you know, boring and dry as it is, but our financial report, I, you know, I attend our, um, you know, quarterly results um, meeting, you know, I listen to like what the analysts are are asking Mm -hmm. um, our leadership teams. I, um, you know, try and consume. We have a lot of business resource groups, which I'm sure a, a mm. number of, you know, employers across um, the spectrum that are of our size do. Um, I, I'm a member of quite a few, so I love to go in and just. Um, we have uh, Facebook for Work. We mm-hmm. we white label. It's called Skyhub. Um, but I love to go into those groups and just see like what conversations are people are having, what questions are they asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it gives you a pulse on just like cultural shifts that may be happening in the organization, or yeah. you know how you know major changes in in the business are, are playing out um, in some of these communities, which I think are a really good pulse um, of your people. Yeah. And then external, um, you know, and this is more just from a, a marketing and kind of our profession lens. You know, I, I do like to keep a pulse on, um, you know, what's happening in the consumer marketing space. Uh, I, I think employer brand and recruitment marketing practitioners, um, we um, have, you know, we, we always tend to, you know, adapt concepts a little bit later in the curve. And so mm-hmm. I, I want to understand, you know, what's coming, what's coming down on that end. So one, you know, I can speak in, in an informed way with my marketing counterparts, but mm-hmm. also start to draw the parallels of what, you know, 
technology vendors may start to adapt their their platforms too or are things that we can pull from and yeah. and you know plan towards in our our specific function yeah and i think it's interesting that you brought up the investor relations stuff and the 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 quarterly readouts and stuff like that how do you well, i don't even know how to ask this mm-hmm. question i i feel like the employer brand is as impacted by the stock price as the job posting as it is the career site and i think very often i see people in our profession draw a line or a wall mm-hmm. and say okay that's that's the stock price i don't know i can't control that it's like no you can't mm-hmm. control it but knowing where it is and knowing which direction it's heading and knowing what investors are saying about us that does inform an employer brand doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah oh absolutely i will tell you i think our stock price and conversations around delta stock price have had a tremendous impact um, in a positive way Throughout the pandemic, you know, we were um, and the airline industry was was hit relatively hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Warren Buffett um, sold stock in Delta uh, at the onset of the pandemic for for reasons not at all, you know, tied to to our current financial performance. And mm-hmm. people can research and read up on on his on his rationale. Um, but you know, investors have um, held us in a favorable light. Our, our stock price, you know. Um, has you know rebounded to a degree and is hold is held um, really strong and mm-hmm. you know the markets speak very favorably about Delta, which I think has given and, and our leadership team talks about it in, in our town halls. Um, you know it, it's demonstrating faith in our business, um, mm-hmm. which I think trickles down to faith in your people um, that they're going to be able to continue to deliver on you know their mission and their promise regardless of you know, these uncontrollable factors right now. So it, yeah. it, it is something that's often talked about in our town halls and I think has had has been positive um, throughout this experience for us. Yeah. So you shouldn't shy away from it or, or avoid it. I, I know that in some companies, mm-hmm. the way the internal comms team are, it's, mm-hmm. it's very much don't even talk about the stock because that mm-hmm. might be seen in some weird legal way that you're somehow trying to manipulate the price of the stock or something. I think there's such yeah. miscommunications between the legal space and the, mm-hmm. the recruiting space that so many stupid ideas like, oh, my job posting has to have 17,000 bullets or there's like this <laughs> legacy bullshit that keeps... You know, it's like, oh, one, once a lawyer said something like that, or at least that's how I interpret it. So that's the, that's the law. And it's not. And I think you to, to not embrace or at least not acknowledge that, hey, this is the situation and mm-hmm. stock prices up, stock prices down, whatever. But this is how we see it and how we approach mm-hmm. it. it. It's simply a data point that how you interpret it is, is as much your employer brand as the data point itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Holland. Thank you so much. This has been, as always, every time I hang out with you, I am always thrilled to come away with more thoughts and more ideas and more inspiration, but just spending time with you is always the best. So if anybody has a chance to buy Holland a drink once we're allowed to do that sort of thing, please (laughs) do. you know, you can find her at any 311 concert. Are we allowed to talk about that? No, we're not. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I gotta say, I'm gonna throw some shade on 311 during this pandemic. So this is their 30-year anniversary. I was supposed to go to four 311 concerts this year, James. Very, very sad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've not done like a single like live stream. They've recycled some some concerts that were already pre-recorded, but yeah. I need those boys to, you know, get on a Zoom call and, and bust out the acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> no, they need to go like do a full sting. It's like, we're going to do an all harpsichord album just because we can. And because you have nothing else to listen to right now, you're like, damn it, I guess I got to buy a harpsichord album. <laughs> 
love it. Yeah, goodness. Uh, so thank you, Holland, so much. As always, it's been a great conversation. If anybody in the listening universe wants to get a hold of you or reach out to you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Holland Dombeck McHugh on LinkedIn if you want to you know, connect professionally. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Holland underscore Dombeck, D-O-M-B-E-C-K, um, or on Instagram, um, you know, I kind of deviated there, but Holly Lee 85, um, not, would not love brand consistent. My goodness. You know, you know, I, I got on the gram before, you know, <laughs> I moved into this space. And so mm-hmm. I'm just rocking that, that legacy handle. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a rebrand of my personal accounts here in this, this downtime. <laughs> there it is. I want to be a part of that. I want to see how that happens. <laughs> All right, Holland, thanks so much. And for everybody else, thanks so much for listening. As always, uh, tell your friends, if your friends are an employer brand nerd kind of person. Otherwise, review it, go buy the book, all that stuff. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. This has been an episode of The Talent Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, a couple ways to do that. Obviously, there's Twitter at The War for Talent. You can go to the podcast website at thetalentcast.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news of this industry and what's going on, just go to employerbrand.news and sign up for the email newsletter with lots of news and links to other places. If you just want to connect with me on LinkedIn and just say hello or let's just talk, that's linkedin.com slash in slash the war for talent. Or I bet if you just search for James Ellis, I'd pop up pretty quick. Otherwise, if you have any questions, concerns, considerations, ideas for podcasts, holler at me, let me know what's going on. Thank you if you've shared it. Please share if you haven't. Rate us, review us. I love all that stuff. It really does help kind of keep the message going and get the message out there. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.